Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's show. I wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Our friend, Mr. Graham Nichols, Director of Affinity, the Gospel Churches in Partnership. Uh, Graham, um, are, are you uh, excited that the bishops have done this? Obviously not. Uh, Graham? But I, no, I think I'm... I suppose I'm supportive of what they say. I mean, the Church of England is confusing, is it? It's confusing enough, I think, if you're on the inside, let alone if you're on the outside, as to quite what, uh, what, what they do believe at times. Mm. So I suppose I'm more excited about what God has to say about sex and marriage and fidelity and uh, the joy of that and how it shows us about Jesus and the Church. And it's all, it, that's probably more exciting to me than what a bunch of bishops say that really no one's going to take much notice. I mean, if, if two men or two women um, uh, are in love with each other um, and they are, live a monogamous life like uh, uh, Christians uh, are enthusiastic about, um, would he hate them because they are of the same sex? Uh, would who hate them? God? Yeah. Um, I don't think God hates anyone in particular for their sexuality or for anything else they might do but yeah, ask the question a different way and say what does God love love people to do and how do we thrive and flourish best uh, I think for all the muddle of the Church of England generally the particular statement that says we thrive best and we honour God best when we uh, have sex within the covenant commitment of marriage now of course it, you know, sometimes it breaks down all those things but that's, that's the, the ideal that, that God is prescribing, and it's when we're happiest and when we thrive the most. So as far as you're concerned, if somebody came to one of your churches um, and they were a gay couple and wanted to have their relationship blessed, would you do it? I think anyone who wants to live a lifestyle outside of God's intended plan, whether whether it's that or whether it's uh, a couple who uh, are living together but don't want to have the covenant of marriage, they want the the benefits of marriage without the covenant commitment, um, then I'm not going to support any of them, but I'm going to love them, I'm going to welcome them, I'm going to try and teach them about Jesus, and I'm going to do what, what Jesus did with them, but I'm not going to bless them, their union, and say, no, it's fine, do what you like, live with who you like, sleep with who you like, it's, it's perfectly legitimate. Yeah, but well, I didn't life. say I'm that. I'm not going to say that. I didn't even say that. I, I mean, said, how do you think that all of this rhetoric is being received, not only by congregations, but also the wider public, and the fact that, you know, Christianity is increasingly out of touch with mainstream values? Yeah, I think, well, a couple of things, I suppose. In the end, if you, if you believe something to be true, you can't, really, you can't really deal with it politically to say this is not playing well or this is playing well. So in the end, you, you have to go with what you believe to be true. But I do think, funnily enough... Actually, the churches that are 
in a sense, what you might call most conservative uh, are actually the ones that are thriving and growing at the moment. So I think there is, there is a bit of truth in what you said earlier about uh, from the Church of England. It may be them thinking, well, actually, we tried to be super liberal and hip and right on, and it's not really working because the churches that are like that are, are just declining. Because mm-hmm. what's, what's the interest if you just say, we're just like everybody else, uh, but you have to have a bit of God in your life? It's, it's not really that interesting. If you say, this is fantastic, this is radical, Jesus calls me to this, uh, this life that's both happy and blessed, uh, at least you've got something to say, even if you're not saying what everyone else is saying. But you have gay vicars, don't you, in the Church of England, or is that not the Church of England? Uh, they have some some gay vicars. I mean, the Church of England is so broad that they, you have people who would uh, have a whole range of views. Uh, so, yeah. They're, they're, they're but I think the official line is that the clergy can be in same-sex carpools provided they're sexually abstinent. Is that right? Well, I my... That is the official line, whether that's... My brother, um, who is a, a born-again Christian, as um, people listening know, uh, his view on this is interesting. I asked him once, and uh, he said, well, look, you know, if you want to be a member of the club, you have to obey the rules. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the way of thinking about it. But I suppose it's more saying, uh, you know, you've got to go all the way back and say, who's, who's the authority for what's best in life? Well, here's, I'm the authority. Well, God judges you, doesn't he, at the end of your <clears throat> life, on, really, hang on, isn't hang on. Here's a, here's a question for you. Uh, yeah. If this is so terrible, why did God uh, make gay people? Uh, there's, there's a whole load of uh, presuppositions in that, but um, well, why, you is the world, why is the world messed up? Why, why do we want to do a number of things? Let me put it another way. If, if it's so wrong to have sex outside marriage, why did God pe- give people sex, sexual urges, you could argue? The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, Mr. Francois, how are you, sir? I'm very well, James. How are you? Yes, I'm very well myself, actually, funnily enough, for, for somebody of my great age. Uh, where, <laughs> where, where are you at this particular moment, I wonder? I am in uh, West London. Yeah. And I'm just, I've nipped out of a celebratory party. Uh, we're having a few drinks. Uh, it's a thing called uh, Levers of Britain to celebrate the fact that the what was the EU withdrawal agreement bill is now, as of two hours ago, the EU withdrawal agreement act. Yep. So we're leaving. We're out. We're going. We're going. Well, we will be on the 31st. The, the, the reason we had to do it, James, just quickly, is because, because we're leaving, we have to leave simultaneously under both EU law and UK law we were all set to leave under EU law under Article 50. We'll now leave under UK law under this Act. So everything is now in sync. So we leave eight days from now. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Now, what happened about your big bong? Oh, don't. I, um, it's, it's frustrating. We've, I'm still going to have one more go at trying to persuade them. But in a nutshell, it would appear that some people in Number 10 got cold feet because they were worried that to, uh, to have Big Ben chime would be in some way divisive, um, which, to be honest, I think is ridiculous. But it, it would appear that that is what, that is what happened. The Leavers mm. might all burst into tears and get really upset. Yeah. 
I mean, not the well, leavers, the they do uh, anyway, the remainers. So, yeah, so, yeah. You know, they're like Well, well uh, look, there could be a few people bursting into tears, but it'll be tears of joy, mate. Um, <laughs> you so, do have no, a I mean, great I... life, Mark, don't you? I mean, every time I talk to you, you're either in a car going to a restaurant or a party. Within Duncan Smith. Or yeah, or, and, you know, I mean, here you are. You, I bet you've got very famous people at this one with you now, haven't you? Well, Jacob is speaking at the event after me. So basically, my function here is to be Jacob Rees-Mogg to warm up, man, James. And when are you when are you talking? I'm on stage in about ooh, fifteen minutes, I think. And are oh. you getting nervous? Do you want any hints? Have you got or any joke? What's or? your opening joke going to be? Uh, what, what, it, it's going it's to be probably about uh, uh, James Well and his sponsored Slim. <laughs> <laughs> Me, you cheeky <laughs> devil! Well, you did ask. Um, I've lost now, quite hey, look, a lot of weight lately. Thank you. Well, there we are. Well, in, yeah. in which case, you know, you, you'll be making some donation to a hefty charity. Why well, is every time we speak, you keep trying to get money out of me? Have you noticed that? <laughs> every, every time well, we know, talk. Well, you know, you're a man of means, James. So, look, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, the, the serious point, look, the serious point about all of this is we had a referendum in 2016. We thought we'd settled the question. As we now know, a number of MPs refused to accept it. We had to have a general election. Mm. To really settle the question, a lot of those who uh, who didn't accept the result are no longer with us. Uh, we've now passed the legislation, as we said we would do. I mean, it's important to make the point that as MPs we've kept our mm. words this time. And so the legislation is in place, and now barring some incredible biblical act, we will actually leave in eight days' time, which is what the people voted for back in 2016. And it's about flipping time, and the amount of money is wasted. I just uh, beg us belief, but there we are. Uh, Can we guarantee no more referendum in this country ever again about anything? Well, uh, from my point of view, you know, I think we've we've probably had enough, you know, for the meantime, don't we? We um, we did a great thing, the referendum, didn't it? Did a great thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It just needs to be legally binding next time. Well, look, I mean, I heard that argument from some Remainers who said, oh, you know, it wasn't legally binding. Well, mm. in which case, what was the point of doing it? Well, exactly, that's you, why you I was know, I mean, if, they, if they'd won, you know, I, I can't believe Ken Clark would have stood up in the House of Commons and said, oh, I know we've won and the country's voted Remain, but it's not legally binding, yeah. so let's leave anyway. Can you, yeah. can you imagine that? Exactly. Uh, what's yeah. happening with the money? You know, the uh, you raised about hundred grand for the Big Ben Fund. Are we going to use that? No, for a no big... we're, we're actually, as of this evening, we're at slightly over two seventy. So we're going to well, have. So one we split in the money. Yeah. <laughs> no, so so we're we're going to have one more go at persuading yeah. Number Ten to relent. Yeah. If they don't, though, I mean, what we said right from the word go was that if we didn't manage to achieve the objective, then all the money would go to help for heroes. So, if unfortunately we're not able to persuade them to do it, uh, the cloud has a silver lining because Help for Heroes are going to get something in the order of a quarter of a million pounds. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. We'll talk to Mr Jonathan Portis, Professor of Economics at King's College London. Is that one of the posh colleges? I never know, uh, Jonathan. Um. We're not as posh as some, but we are a Russell Group University. Oh, well, that's so it. Uh, that's mm. it. As long as you're from a Russell Group University, mm. we can have you on the show. <laughs> um, right, Brexit, just over a week to go. Um, I've just spoken to uh, Marc Francoise. He's almost beside himself with joy, as you would imagine. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and he's doing the warm-up for Jacob Rees-Mogg at a do down yeah. in West London somewhere. He's speaking right now. Yeah. 
I have no idea what they're talking about, but I'll give you three guesses. Um, so, what do you think? I mean, you, you you were not happy about Brexit, I know, Jonathan, in the first place, like me to begin with, although I changed my view. Um, no, I didn't take a view on Brexit, good or bad. Um, I, you know, my job is to analyse it, and of course, over the last three years, that's meant pointing out a lot of the problems. But I'm not a anti-Brexit or pro-Brexit spokesperson here. Uh, I'm just here to try and explain what the hell is going on. Okay, that's a very good point. Then, what the hell is going on? Um, well, uh, what's happened is that uh, um, we've now signed off the exit deal, the withdrawal agreement that uh, Boris Johnson agreed last uh, November, October. Um, and it's now the European Parliament still has to sign it off as well. But I think everyone thinks that's basically a formality at this point. Uh, so Brexit will happen on January the 31st. There's virtually no doubt about that. We will be leaving the European Union. Um, the flip side, however, is that nothing you won't notice the thing, and neither will anyone else. Neither were businesses, companies, individuals, because one of the provisions of that deal is that we have this transition period until uh, for the rest of the year where nothing changes. We still follow all the rules. We still pay all the money. Um, uh, the only difference is we don't have any anyone in the European Parliament. We don't have a vote, a vote anymore. But otherwise, everything stays the same. And we have to spend the next year working out actually what happens when Brexit, in some sense, really happens in a, in a meaningful sense uh, um, on January the 1st of next year. Mm. I mean, as I understand it, I'm, I think maybe I understood Mark the wrong way, but uh, we don't have to follow the rules and regulations uh, from the EU, but we've said that we will. But if they do something we particularly don't like, I don't think we have to follow it, do we? Oh uh, yeah, we do. We signed a treaty, or yeah. we will. The treaty will be ratified. The treaty says we will do. Um, we will behave as if we were a member of the EU. And um, what could so, they do to us if we don't? Uh, take us to the European Court of Justice, fine us. The, the same yeah. things they could do now. Yeah. Nothing in that sense. Nothing changes between this week and next week. But you see, in, um, a, in a way, I've never really understood this. Okay, we, we're leaving the club. We don't want to be bothered with them for their good and for our good. A free trade deal would be ideal. Uh, and to uh, allow the things that work well between us to carry on would be a good idea for both of us. But, uh, you know, to threaten us with... Uh, if they brought in some ridiculous law or rule that we didn't want to follow uh, in our last year, and we said, no, well, we're not doing that, um, and then they'd issue a fine, what are they going to do if we don't pay it? Um, well, then we'd be breaking the treaty, which we've just signed, um, which is valid under international so, law. So pretty much the same thing that would happen now as we remember mm -hmm. the EU, and uh, there would possibly be various sanctions, fines. They could, in principle, pr uh, apply trade sanctions, I imagine. So, I mean, obviously nobody's going to mm -hmm. invade anybody no. else. Um, but, the, uh, but, you know, uh, I don't think the UK wants to be in a position where it just says, oh, we just signed a, a major international treaty which we negotiated. Look carefully and painfully after three years and we're just going to tear it up. Uh, that's not something which is going to point to a successful future for post-Brexit Britain on the global stage, is it? The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Do you need somebody just to mop your head slightly or not? Well, I could do a makeup, a bit of makeup or something. <laughs> that wasn't my gullet. I think it was. It certainly wasn't mine. What is that? It's just my phone. <laughs> Once my phone goes, your guy's off every night. No, it doesn't. 
Should I do this in my kind of... Dr. Ruth Vestheimer voice. <clears throat> yes, like that. Sex only belongs in heterosexual marriage. Do you want any hints off Ash just how to handle an audience? Yeah. When you start off, do you remember Neil Kinnock when he came in and went, All right! Do that at the start. Only Just Begun is the first song played at wedding receptions. Black Lace. Now, that's a good wedding song. Agadoo, shake your pineapples to the left. Jonathan Porter's Professor of Economics, King's College London, and Ash, Professor of Economics, Oxford. This is my roadie, oh, yeah, Ash. Yeah, yeah. So anything right, you need Ash. doing? If you want a stool, like... You... It'll be fine. It'll be good, because we haven't got one. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.